0: Somebody made fun of me, not made fun of me, they were joking with me yesterday about how I posted an Instagram story um, and put a little piece of text on it that said sound on, and they said that was ironic because on my personal phone, I never have the sound on, and so I flipped through everybody's Instagram stories with no sound, Uh and they were, you know, he was kind of giving me a hard time. That was Chris. Thanks, Chris, for that. But anyway, he was giving me a hard time, and then, like... I guess this morning or last night or something, I open up my phone and I go to Jimmy's stories and there's a billion little <laughs> tiny dots across the top, a billion of them, of him at Walmart. And yeah. I got to be honest, man, I just like sound off going through them wants- and everyone I would stop and I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, what are rap chips? Like, what is that? Oh, <laughs> rap snacks? Know. Was rap snacks in your video? Rap snacks. Rap snacks. Oh, I love Rap snacks. Rap snacks. It was pretty it's funny, just me. though, because I, w- I would flip a through commentary. a whole bunch, and then I'd stop on some random frame and be like, what
1: in the world? <laughs> <laughs> we made a joke. We made it because Taylor, like every single time, like there's like idle time and Taylor's like buried in a phone, like a millennial looking at stuff. She's looking at Karen videos. She's like, oh, my God, I don't ever want to be one of these crazy white chicks screaming at somebody with their phone out. And so we joked. We said, let's go to Walmart because we every Walmart's closes at eight now. We used to go midnight at two, one, two mm. in the morning. So now all the Walmarts close at eight around here. So it was early yesterday. I needed some t-shirts. All I have is logo t-shirts from all the fans and friends that have logo t-shirts. So I'm like, I just need like plain black t-shirts. So let's go to Walmart. And we just randomly just started grocery shopping, which isn't something we planned on doing. But I made a joke, like we're gonna go into Walmart and get a crazy Karen in the wild, like a crazy white chick screaming and yelling at something. And we just started having fun. So it was fun. A lot of people were excited to see me back at Walmart again after all this time. It's been it's been about six months that we've been to Walmart.
2: You I, I haven't seen the, the Instagram story, but whenever you post stories of of um you guys shopping, they're hilarious. It looks like you guys have the best time. And like Kelly <laughs> we, and I we, we don't go shopping together because it's <laughs> so boring and we get distracted.
1: Well, Taylor does like, it's obvious that Taylor's not really interested in being on camera. You know, she's, she thinks she wants to do YouTube and she'll make a video and then she'll shoot a video and she'll never edit it. She keeps thinking she wants to do this and she just like, it's just not in her nature to want to do it, but she keeps wanting to do it because she sees the success that I'm having and that people like April and other, you know, incredible women on YouTube are doing. She's like, I can do that. But then she gets into it. She's like, no. But then when I whip my phone out at Walmart, she suddenly, she's like, Okay, cool. Camera. Somebody else is dealing with it, and I'm, I could, she I could it on. But when, yeah, when she when she shoots herself, she gets self conscious, and so it's always fun. She gets a little, she, she like as we walked in last night, she's like, I wish I had my, my my hoverboard. What is that thing called? I always remember feeling well, <laughs> not the hoverboard, but the, the Segway. She always says, like, I wish I had my Segway. <clears throat> but <laughs> it was fun going around Walmart. And there's all these like silly rules, like don't go down this aisle and don't go. Like it drives me insane. I understand we are on a pandemic and we need to be you know cautious in many ways but what what way is it cautious that you have to go inside Home Depot at the furthest away entrance to where I always park <laughs> What is that like what is that going to prevent the store is open but they make you go in the main entrance that's typically in my store the one that's all the way on the, the left side
2: it, can I rant for one second here? Girl. I hate the way Home Depot is <laughs> set up because they have they have a, 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 an entrance on the right side and an exit on the left side. And I always go in the exit because that's where everything is. That's but when you I go do. to Lowe's, there's like one main one right in the middle. So you don't have to park 14 miles away from the door and then carry all your stuff and drop it in the parking. Like I just don't understand the Home Depot setup. I just don't get it.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. They're forcing you... So, so like, I would typically, everything I need happens to be sort of on the left side of the store. So, I park on the left side of the store in pro parking because I consider myself a pro. So, I park in pro parking. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what that's for. But you know. And I go inside and I do all my business on that side of the store and then I come back out. Like, I don't even know what the other side of the store looks like unless I need glue. And that's when I go to the paint department. But. Now they force you to walk all the way to that side. So no matter where I park, it still screws me up because if I park at the entrance where you're supposed to go in, I go all the way to the left side of the store, do my shopping and exit only through that one section that they have closed off. Like they're going to prevent the spread of a disease by having a door that typically is anyway, only one way now. They're like, no, no, no. You have to go to the other entrance. Why? I think...
2: I don't know if they're still doing it, but for a while they were counting how many people would enter the store because they wanted to limit it to like fifty or sixty or whatever it was. So
1: it's too simple of an answer, Dave. It's too simple of an I'm answer. Sorry.
2: I'm sorry. You know what? I <laughs> Wait Brendan, a minute. There's Brendan logic there. Hold, there. Hold on, <laughs> Jimmy. Continue his rant.
1: No, you're right. I guess that's exactly why I didn't realize it. Anyway, all right. I'm done. cool thanks for listening everybody i will see you next time (laughs) no it drives me nuts but they were doing the same thing at walmart though they're forcing everybody to come through one side but in that case you come in and you leave through the same side whereas like when you go through the furthest furthest all the way on the left then you have to go through the cash registers all the way on the right so that's what's annoying like they should have the entrance and exit by the cash registers Mm -hmm. so if you want to come in and get something quick Anyway, it's it's slowly kind of coming to a pause. So yesterday I was there. They were a little lackadaisical about it. One of the doors was broken, so they couldn't stop people from walking in the outdoor. So that's what I did. It, I it's a weird...
0: I went out yesterday. I mean, like, honestly, we don't leave the house very often. We go get groceries. We'll go pick up food every once in a while and stuff. But I we still just stay home. I mean, like a lot of us, I stay home a lot anyway just because I work from home and I don't need to go out often. So... Uh, when I do it's still weird like I went yesterday went to Harbor Freight and got some um, floor mats just for our garage because we're setting up kind of a home gym and I just needed to go get some mats and just the like I went from my house to there walked in picked them up paid for them and left and it was the quickest possible simplest least interaction thing I could have done and it was still so weird (laughs) there's like everything about it was just weird and not because of anybody, not because of anything. It's just so strange. It was and I the can't Grovelly man there because
1: it. nobody was standing on the closest square to the register? It was the Grovelly man? Freaking,
0: freaking, freaking. no, no, he's in your store. Um, <laughs> freaking, no, fricking frickin'. It's just, it's just really weird. I don't know. And it, you know, I mean, it, it's the world we live in right now, and stuff is just going to be strange until it's not strange. But here in Toledo, the
2: Menards. We, so we have lowe's home depot and, and menards those are the three big stores menards won't let you in without a mask and if you try to enter mm-hmm. they they'll sell you one for a dollar and i i wear a mask anytime i go out in, in public so it's not a big deal to me but i know that there are people who are like anti-mask and won't wear one and i'm sure that upsets so many people that don't know that no. they have the mask
1: policy can i say something yeah I Please. want to wear a mask anyway, because I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't yep. want anybody to look at me. <laughs> now that you have to wear a mask, I wear a mask gladly, because this way I yeah. can hide from people. Not, not that I'm a celebrity and I'm trying to hide. I mean, I can just, like, emotionally hide from everybody that I have to interact with. So the fact that now masks are socially accepted, like, I would see, in you know, the Asian population would sometimes wear masks, especially when I go to Hong Kong a lot. A lot of people would wear masks just because of the, pop, the, the pollution in the city. And I'd be like, God, I'm, I wish I could do that because I just don't want to have to like connect with people out in public. And now that it's like something we're mandatorily supposed to do, and then the people are like, I'm not gonna wear my mask. I'm gonna wear my mask. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: anyway, let's let's Can't not get too far me. into the. Yeah, Can't I'm me. I'm with you though. I would I kind of <laughs> enjoy I like. <laughs> I enjoy hiding behind them. Yeah. And and it was weird because, honestly, yesterday, and I, I wouldn't have said this unless you brought it up, but going to Harbor Freight, I put the mask on as I'm walking in. Half the other people don't have it on and everything, but the guy that is um, at the checkout counter has one on. And I have my glasses off, hung on my shirt, and a mask on because the glasses fog up and it's just a pain and I can go in and out of a store without them, so I just, like, hang them on my shirt. And so I'm thinking, like... This is great. I'm full incognito, like nobody knows me. You know, I have the mask on. You have that kind of hidden feeling and everything. And so I'm checking out, and he goes, "Hey, do you have a YouTube channel?" I'm like, heck, <laughs> "Man, <laughs> that's hilarious!" Like, how in the world? And he was super nice and everything. Nothing against him, but it was weird because I had that feeling right before I went up to the counter, like, "Oh, this is no kind of nice." Like, I'm not that I get noticed. I don't mean that, but I was immediately feeling that. I, I don't mind having a mask because of what you just said. I get to, like, kind of hide. You get to you get to be behind a thing, and I can go out, get the thing I need without having to feel like I need to interact or, like, you know. Some, sometimes you feel like that, but I immediately got, like, that just got vanished.
1: Yesterday, <laughs> was so I, I was at the flea market here. I go to the flea market here in Livingstonville, New York, upstate New York. And I, I lately, I've been going real early. I go at, like, 8 in the morning, do my thing for about an hour, and I leave. And right away, I get out of my car and I had a bandana on this time because I didn't have my mask with me. And uh, right away, a guy goes, "You're Jimmy DeResta." And I like looked behind me and I was like, "Am I?" <laughs> I'm Jimmy <laughs> DeResta. I was Where? joking around. And, and he was a nice young guy. We ended up talking. He's a machinist up here, and uh, he recognized me right away, even though I was under my mask. But I mean, nice. I still had my hat on and my. <laughs>
0: Well, my I, name on well <laughs> yeah. I realized after I got into the car that I was wearing and I like to make stuff hoodie. And I'm like, oh, well, no wonder. <laughs> hey, idiot. Like, <laughs> like he, he didn't recognize think, me. He looked at my shirt.
1: <laughs> he said, I come to the flea market because of you, because you've shown it off. And he lives nearby. So anyway, oh. so we connected. He's got a cool machine shop that cool. I'm probably going to end up visiting. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah. it's it's, it's, <clears> it's. I like the anonymity most of the time, just going in. You know what it does? Like it's not necessarily anonymity it cuts down on a lot of like the and at this risk of sounding snobby it cuts down on a lot of like kind of the useless chit chat that you have with like neighborhood people that you bump into you know what i mean like like you you see somebody 100 times a day and then like oh how's the barn coming along you know it's it's i don't mean to sound snobby or obnoxious but sometimes i just want to like go get my coffee and split and by having that thing on, I can do that because I'm like immediately want to get to the next thing. And sometimes I bump into people and, you know, we end up having these extended conversations that get me impatient. And by having the mask on, I can I can avoid that most of the time.
0: I think that's what I felt yesterday is I intentionally I typically like to smile at people and talk to people. If I see them, I like to interact in the you know grocery store and stuff. But yesterday it was. I would just want to go get my thing and get back here and just be done, you know, head down, just go do the work and get it done. And I think that's why it caught me off guard yesterday because I found myself in that place where I just want to keep my head down and go do the thing. But I have felt the opposite at the grocery store. And now we're ordering our groceries for a long time. I would go out, we would, you know, plan a week ahead and I would go out with the mask and the whole deal and get the groceries myself and stuff. One of the things I didn't like about that was that I couldn't, smile at people and i couldn't be smiled at by people and you you're walking up to somebody you have eye contact with somebody and you have no idea like it's weird how how big of a difference a simple smirk or smile or nod or something can just let you know that with a random stranger that like you're good or you're acknowledging (laughs) them you know they're there and when that disappears that that can make it really really weird
1: 80% of facial non-communication is basically hidden so I was thinking, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, so I'm not throwing at any big invention, but I was thinking of a way to make a mask that's clear so you could see
0: yeah. what's I, Well, what's we happening. were in a, I went to pick up uh, Japanese food the other day and the guy behind the counter who was making the sushi had, it was weird because at, at a distance it looked like he had a chin strap on. And I'm like, well, what good is that doing? It's like he's just holding his chin on, but it was a strap for a clear mask. And so it oh, was cool. coming up from his chin that came up to above his nose. So that he could make the food and not you know breathe down into it and everything but it was that's cool you know at 25 feet or so it just looks like he had, he was wearing like a chin strap with nothing else and I couldn't figure that <laughs> out but there are definitely clear masks I've seen some that are also fabric but the area right around your mouth and nose yeah, is a cool. clear plastic
1: so, I haven't you know, seen it yet. so
0: you can you can see them but but I I don't know that that's worth the effort to me but I do find that the times I'm out um, I do kind of miss that just being able to i don't want to say size somebody up but be able to get someone's approach to you just by yeah. their facial expression you know it's it's a good thing and it's a good thing to be able to put that off to other people like i'm happy <laughs> i'm not there's not anger behind this like hidden thing maybe that's like a maybe that's like an inherited thing from cowboys where we just assume that if you have a bandana pulled up your face there's anger behind it or there's malice yeah. behind it you know <laughs> and that's not the truth and i just want to that goes know. our cowboy. Audience. It's weird, man. It's such <laughs> cowboys. It's such a weird time, though. There's so many things like that that, you know, maybe we're just having to get used to and having to work our way around. But anyway, anyway. I don't know how we got to that. What have you guys been up to? <clears throat> I put out a video last
2: week. I, I made these. Um, I made six of these little finger joint boxes. I was going to make a little desktop organizer, and. I stopped the video after making the boxes in the video. I started off saying, I'm going to make these boxes and then design something to go around it. So we're going to work on the fly. And then I just stopped the video at the, after making the boxes and thought I would let the audience, um, chime in on what the case for it should be. And, oh my goodness, like hundreds and hundreds of comments of suggestions, like overwhelmingly Mm. like good, creative, Suggestions And so uh, um, that's going to be part two of the video. And I don't, I'm not going to show you it this week. It might be next week. But I, I thought a few people would, would chime in with some creative things and maybe I can combine some things, but I've got so many suggestions that I don't even know where to go. And uh, I just want to, if you are a subscriber and you watch my channel and you made a suggestion, thank you. Cause it was awesome. Just completely awesome. So I don't know where I'm gonna go with that. Um I did race in a race yesterday and it was an okay day. I um it was one of the days where there was the perfect number of carts so everybody got to everybody made the feature no matter where you finished in your heat. And I started seventh and finished eighth. And I filmed a little vlog. I filmed a a a thing leading up to it during the week, like what I have to do to get ready and all the maintenance that's involved. And then I filmed a little bit race day. And I think uh, I'm going to try to edit that today. So hopefully that'll come out this week. I want to get back to more... Not... Well, at the beginning of the year, we made an investment in like smaller cameras and portable things because the plan was to like go out, travel, get out of the shop, shoot some vloggy type things, <laughs> and, and do all a different that's type a of bum. video this year. And w- because of COVID and everything else, like, we haven't been able to do that. And I really want to try to force myself to, to do it more. And I, I am so uncomfortable holding the camera in front of my face talking when there's other people around. I just feel like a complete moron. But I forced yeah. myself to do it yesterday. And nobody cares. It's it's common. I think Jimmy's like, everybody walks around with a camera in front of their face now. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm not doing the full-on Casey step, but, you know, usually it's like kind of doing stories yeah. on Instagram is where I do it most. I don't really do it in the vlog because I always just sit home alone and do that thing at the workbench.
2: And I got this newer little Sony one. So it has a little handle and there's a record button on the handle. and um, Oh, that's it makes cool. It, it's real small, so it makes it a lot easier. And um, I don't know. I just need to force myself to go out in public and, and record more because I I don't want every single video to be that follow along with this project. I want there to be some, some creative thought process in the video. So we'll see. We'll see where what happens. Ooh. And I did. I'm um, for. So I took this camera to the race, and this camera. If you can't see, um, you can buy this optional handle on there that turns into a little mini tripod to put on your on your desk. But to put this in a real tripod, you have to unscrew the handle, mm. and because there's there's no quarter twenty hole on the bottom, which which to me is a design flaw. So I CNC this uh, little pocket out of pink foam insulation and then wrapped it. Uh, kind of sandwich it between two pieces of plywood where this just kind of fits into my tripod and i can, mm. I can pull it out and it was like a quick like a little half hour thing and i did it off camera and i think i might turn that into a video because just showing how like mm. digital digital tools can solve a quick problem and i know it won't get many yeah. views but i think it'll be inspiring
1: do you have the dji uh, Osmo, the little, the little tiny gimbal one. Do you have that when it came out about a year ago, I two years ago? D-
2: oh, the little Osmo. Yeah, I actually I do have that, and I haven't used it because I have that, and it
1: drives me crazy. You, I know there's 3D printed ones. That, you can't sit that down either. That drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, doesn't it? But you know, you, if you had that, you could also add that to the same video and you know, show a couple different versions of that. Honestly. That's it.
0: That's a good idea. You might be surprised that at the um, response. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if your audience is exactly like mine, but A lot of times when I um, pull back from the digital tools and I'll like – (laughs) I'll so last time I did something – oh, the coffee tamper, that's what it was. I (laughs) cut the little circle for the piece of aluminum on the Wazer and I like just mentioned it. I'm going to cut this on the Wazer, but you could do it with this or you could do it with this if I need to. And I got zero – I can't believe you have a Wazer comments. And I got quite a few. Oh, Stop yeah. apologizing for the stuff that you have. It's okay <laughs> to have tools. It's okay to use digital tools. Like, you don't have to do that. And he said that to, or people said that to all of us. You guys, you people who create things, don't have to apologize. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I had seen that sentiment without the, the opposite. Because I, I didn't have anybody say like, oh, I could make a tamper if I had a Wazer. I didn't get that at all. Right. It was just the stop apologizing, just use the things that you have. You're still doing the same job that you you know <laughs> want to do. So you may find that, I'm at least finding, that the tide is turning a little bit. And that's either people are stopped complaining about it so much or it's becoming more common. I, I don't really know what's causing it, but I'm not really getting the pushback. In fact, I have a lot of people who leave me comments, man, I wish you would make more things with a 3D printer. I'm <laughs> like, really? That, that's odd. I mean, it just seems like a strange thing to like, I wish you would use this tool more. That's the way I look at it. They're looking at it as they probably just have a 3D printer and they wish that there were more things that they could immediately replicate with the tool that they have on hand, which is funny because I think of it in the opposite way. I think of like, well, people probably more likely have a jigsaw and a circular saw. And so I'm going to try to reference how those things could be used to make the projects when the tide may be shifting to where a lot of people j- just have a 3d printer and they're trying to figure out how to make that the most useful thing that, you know, that they can. So I don't know. It, it, you may be, you may be surprised at the feedback on a project like that now.
1: What's Maybe. funny. I, I just, uh, so recently this week I made the leather bag video and, uh, I made it all no stitch. It's funny because people are like, oh, oh, you need no stitching, but you need 16 pounds of rivets. That's great. So it was a little bit of a sarcastic. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of rivets in it just because it became the style. I was planning on designing and making the whole thing in a laser cut. But when I sat down and started thinking about the video, I, was, I thought, wow, the laser cut's going to take on camera probably 30 seconds. And then I'm just going to put the bag together. That'll probably take two minutes. I'm gonna have a three-minute video. I actually <laughs> laid the whole thing out by hand on a on a cutting mat that has a grid on it, which I use a lot. And I did I did the voiceover version, which is going to be on the on the weave on the Weaver Leather channel. But on my channel, I did the quick, speeded-up version and with no voiceover. <clears throat> but. By laying it out, I was able to make it a much more meatier video, whereas if I just did the CNC. So there was a conscious choice to not laser cut the leather and just hand cut it. And it turned out to be like over over a 14-minute video where Hmm. if I were to laser cut, I would have spent all the time designing it off camera because it's too boring to watch me do Illustrator. Occasionally, I'll show my, my computer screen, but it's just too boring. So I would have done the meat of the work off camera in this case, I chose to just razor cut it. Not laser, razor with an R. Ooh, ooh. razor. I used an exacto knife. And that brings me to another funny point is about about, about once a week I get an email or a message or a DM that says, Hey, can you laser cut me a stencil? This, you know, my logo. Can you make and I don't do that as a service. And people just think of me as the stencil guy because that's my logo. But it is important, and I always answer this question with this answer. For the first 25 years of my life, anytime I needed a stencil, I used an X-Acto blade. So Hmm. when people say to me, oh, I I need a stencil, can you cut one for me? If you have hands and eyes and dexterity, you could razor blade one out with an X-Acto knife. You print it on your computer, and then you spray-mount it to some chipboard, and then use an X-Acto knife. I mean, there's a certain skill set there that comes in time, but you laser-cut it out. Or if you have a scroll saw, you could scroll saw out your stencil. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I was wondering, because I'll get the comments every once in a while, um, can you laser-cut or CNC me uh, like a like a template for, for the router? And I'm like, unfortunately, that's not a service I provide. Is there anybody that does provide that service? Because I know there's like 3D printing services where you can send your file and they'll 3D print it. But is there is there a cheap place for a consumer
0: to buy templates? Or- there's got to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know like April is creating templates on her big CNCs for other people. Now, I don't know that that would be a one-off solution where, you know, random person wants just a single piece made somewhere. I don't know that she would do that. But I do know that she has put her big CNC machines to work making templates for herself and for other people who have created, you know, designs. Mm -hmm. So that is an option. And I would would imagine that there's a lot of makers out there who have CNCs or lasers in their shop that for their own personal use who would be happy to pick up that kind of a work. I'm sure. So if you are one of those people... (laughs) <laughs> let us know and if you are someone who is looking for that just keep an eye out for you know people kind of promoting that type of stuff because that seems like a pretty good pairing of person with tool to person who needs something done
1: you know? uh, that reminds me of a funny uh circumstance about about two months ago i got contacted by an extremely talented like when i say like unbelievably talented renaissance man who lives nearby here we became friendly He contacted me and said, hey, Matt, who's a friend of mine in the neighborhood, said that you could print out a logo for me. And I was like, I go, well, I I have, you know, an office inkjet printer. I could print that for you. But like, what exactly do you want? He goes, well, I'm going to hand carve a boat sign. He's completely analog. Like the only thing he does digitally is email. And he's an older guy who's incredibly talented. Like when I say he's like Leonardo da Vinci style woodworker that has absolutely no social media and he's about 10 years older than me. And he's been at it his entire life. And he lives like two miles from me. We became friendly. Um, but anyway, he said, he goes, I have to do this serif font. It might, might be New Times Roman bold for a boat, a boat sign. And I just need the letters printed out. I'm like, well, how wide, how high? And I did describe to him. I was like, oh, well, let me lay it out. So I laid it out in Illustrator really quickly. And I was like, well, your height and width don't really correlate to each other. I'm not sure what your piece of material is. I was like, you can have a lot of dead space above and below your letters. And I said, How about I do this for you? I was like, since I don't have a printer big enough, I'll laser cut the individual letters and you can do the kerning yourself. So mm-hmm. I lay. if some you can see in some of my social media posts, I have like a lot of stock in one of my sh- in one of my shops that's just all letters, laser cut out of quarter inch plywood. And that's all for my my buddy. Um B is his, his name. His initial Um B. I don't know what his name is. He said just call me B, so I call him B. <laughs> <laughs> it's an initial for his name. I don't know what his name is. So uh, so B said that that would be a great solution. Just laser cut me the letters. So I just laser cut him. You know, it ended up being the name like you know, Violet Rose or something was the name of this yacht that he's hand carving the sign for. And I gave him the letters, and he was able to kern it and lay it out. And then he sent me a, p- a picture of the finish, almost a month later unbelievable all just hand carved so he used those letters as a template to draw the, the sign and do the kerning that's so, interesting yeah yeah so that, like i would have just laid it out in the cnc and then with a nice big fat v-bit cnc the letters and it would have looked just like what he did by hand but his has a little bit of character to it because it's all, it's all hand carved every one of the surfaces was touched by a tool and and he also did an incredible beautiful paint job on it as well but th- there's a solution, too, where if you have access to somebody with a digital machine, you can have part of your process handled, not the mm-hmm. entire process. And so that's why. And it just basically the conversation started with, do you have a printer? I'm like, well, if you want it, you, go, you can go to FedEx in, in Albany and they'll print it for you. But, you know, they'll, I get these big posters printed from time to time if I do need a layout. And those posters it could be as long as 7 or 8 feet, and they're only 10 bucks because they just print black on white paper, and it's nothing complicated. So you can do that, too, if you need to lay out material. Like you have I think that the is computer. something that
0: office stores like that are something that people forget about a lot of times because you can get large format printing done really cheaply. No, yeah, like you 10 can get bucks. Transparency, Yeah, you can get transparency printed uh, if you want to do screen printing or if you're trying to do some sort of a projection thing. Um, there's a lot of capability in those you know, Staples and Office Depot type places that people forget about, and it's not very expensive. In fact, on on Staples, I know, I'm sure Office Depot has the same, you can do most of it through the website. So you can choose whatever type of large format printing or whatever you want done, upload the files, and then they'll just probably call you when it's done. And so it's not like you have to go stand there and wait for a long time to have things done. When I was printing out the templates for some of R2D2's Uh, pieces, they had full-scale templates that you could cut out of styrene, and these sheets were 18 by 36, I think, and I was able to upload, you know, seven or eight of these pages, and then just like during lunch one day, just went over and picked them up, and it was just a roll of paper, and I think it was like eight dollars or something. It was really inexpensive, but so a lot of times, our plans that we sell will have a a full-scale template with them, and um oh that looks nice.
1: I'm showing you guys the beautiful hand carving that my yeah. friend did Wow, and I just gave him I just gave him the laid out letters that he just laid out against the you know baseline.
0: but a lot of times we'll have uh, a full scale template in the the plan that somebody could print out, and you know they typically print it out on a little eight and a half by eleven printer in pages and then have to tape it together. and we get a lot of people asking like exactly how do you print something full scale? Because, you know, depending on what system you're on, it's a little bit different or whatever. But the cheapest, easiest way to do that is just to t- send that file, that page of the plans, to one of the stores and then have them printed out at full scale. And you can just tell them, like, one-to-one, you know, and they print it full size, whatever that size is, and you go get it pretty cheaply. So it is a good resource. Um, let's see. What have I been up to uh, we were working on a furniture project that's going to be out in, like, a month. <laughs> it's kind of weird. We're actually taking this week off. We're not going to put a video out this week. Um, Anthony had a baby, so oh. he's Woo. been... Yeah, yeah. Had, I mean, his wife had the baby. He's just there. But um, <laughs> sure? they they have a new little boy, and so he's out for, you know, a little bit of time. Yeah. This month is going to be different people on the team kind of in and out for different different things. And so we're taking this week off to make sure that we uh, have the space we need to make all the projects we need for the rest of the month. And it's like a five-week... You know, July has five Thursdays. And so we're taking this week off and prepping for the next few weeks. And stuff like that. I've been working on R2-D2's feet more. Um, I finally have... All, well, <laughs> I was gonna say I finally have all the pieces cut. I almost have all the pieces cut. I have a few that failed on the Wazer, um, but I've been cutting aluminum eighth-inch aluminum on the Wazer for like two weeks, just piece after piece. And then I these sheets that are twelve by eighteen inches, and I'm just packing them full of all of you know, trying to nest all the pieces and parts on the sheets. And I'll get like through it completely, and it'll have a half a piece left, and then the power will go out, or the clo- the filter will get clogged, or I, mean, I, the, I had this the, the conversation. Something, the something, the something.
1: I had this conversation with somebody, and I meant to ask you about it. And uh, since that's a perfect opportunity, what do you do when you're three hours into G code and you want to start again on that machine? Can you? You can't. Can nope. you? Nope. Nope. Do you start from the beginning, or do you just recut from the beginning?
0: Well, if a couple of times I have, it's, it's stopped, you know, within the first 20% of the cut. And these are like six, seven hour cuts. So at that point, I'm just like, well, I'll just bite the bullet and start over. It's going to cut through the, the supporting base underneath it again when it doesn't need to. And so I'm kind of destroying the thing that your material is sitting on, but it, you don't waste an entire sheet or have to relay out your stuff one of the things I don't like about the software that they've created for their machine is that you don't have really hard reference points. It's not like a 3d printer or a CNC where it's a, it's a micro adjustment one-to-one this location on the screen equals this location in the real world.
1: I've started the cut over and it hasn't landed in the same spot. That's what, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a very big problem with that machine.
0: So that, that has been an issue and I've only had that work. one. I've only had to have that work one time. Um, But if once it gets off, it's off, and so you kind of just have to start over. So what I've been doing, and the reason I have a few pieces left, is I'll cut a sheet, and this is a long cut, and it's a lot of abrasive, and it like stops every 30 minutes to fill the abrasive, and so it's a process to get a sheet cut. And so I'll do that, and then at the end of the sheet, any pieces that were incomplete or had a problem. In my vector file, I'll just pull that piece aside and set it off to the side. And so I've been building up a little collection of failed pieces, and then the last piece, the last sheet I need to cut is all the failed pieces together. So unfortunately, I've ended up with a lot of incomplete sheets of aluminum. Like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I got this really cheap, so it's not a huge deal. I have plans for the scrap, so it's not a huge deal. But it has made the process of cutting all of these pieces, it's a lot of pieces, uh, take a really long time, and I'm really close to it. Now, one of the cool things about doing this was that um, I had a guy named Jeremy Meadows who's here in Kentucky's and in Lexington, and we've met at different events and stuff, and he's making an R2 as well. Somebody gave him a set of the same feet or similar feet as, that I'm making, but he's missing one little piece. He saw that I was cutting these out of aluminum and reached out and was like, hey, can you cut me this one piece? I have the file. And the cool thing was I could just drop it right onto the an existing cut that I was already doing. There was already room on the sheet. And so something he's had trouble making for quite a while, I was able to just, like, cut one piece. It worked the first time, and I can put it in the mail, send it to him, and, you know, it, it makes his project yep. done, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. There's uh, – on so, my plasma table – this is one thing that uh, the, the I've obviously had some problems with. My plasma cutter, really more hardware problems than anything else. But the one thing I love about the software is anywhere you are on the cut, as long as you do not move the plate, you can go back to and start again. Mm. So if you're having, a, let's say you're having a consumables problem, as long as you don't change any of the settings or accidentally like reset your zero or whatever, you can go back in, completely move the torch, take the torch apart, put it back together, and then zoom in on your vector inside of your cut path that is on the screen and say start cut here, and it will start right from there. Now, that is an amazing piece of software that I wish was available on every other CNC. Right. The The machine that I got... <clears throat> From uh, the injection molding company, uh, APXS, I believe, is the name of the company. Is that the name of the company, Bob? Did you work? Yeah, with them?
0: it's it's those letters. I'm not sure they order but it's those <laughs> letters.
1: Yeah, it's it's a confusing brand. Well, they they gave me uh, uh, their CNC machine, the Spider CNC, and there was a couple of failed cuts, not because of the machine, because of me, because of you know speeds and feeds and broken bits, but. Thankfully, I was able to dig into the software, go right into the G-code, find out what line of code we were on, and say, start here. Oh, oh. that's cool. And the uh, the, uh, the Tormach has that same feature where you can go into the G-code. Let's say you have a power failure or something, and you can go back into the cut, as long as you don't lose your zero, and go back in and say, start here. The mm. the Wazer is missing all those functions, unfortunately. Because I've had yeah. a couple of failed cuts and and I needed to go back in and, you know, you end up just forfeiting that piece of material.
0: Do you think it's capable? It's, is it software?
1: I think it's it software, can be, yeah. 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 It's totally capable. Totally.
0: I, I think I'm learning a whole lot about that machine now that I've used it a whole lot over the last, you know. Before this, it was like I've cut one piece here and one piece there and it's been pretty limited. But this has been consistently running for a couple of weeks. Right. Beginning really? of the day to the end of the day. I've gone You're through really a huge amount of pace. abrasive, yeah. yeah, and so now I'm starting to see a couple of things. One that it's pretty amazing that that can exist in a desktop form factor, but there's there's a reason that it typically exists on a really large scale because of the amount of water flow and the amount of abrasive yeah. that has to be used and the way that you have to clean that out. Like to clean this machine out, you have to take it apart and scoop out.
1: I you had know, to take just, my, I had to flip my bed over my. And it's the first time I had to do it. And I was like, okay, I I went to pick it up. I'm like, oh, it doesn't... Oh, it's mounted by four screws in the water? Yeah. And I had to take each one of the screws out, like, extremely... Because if I dropped it in the water before I got the last screw out, I'd have to reach underneath the thing and figure out where it is. And they're stainless steel. Guess what stainless steel doesn't do? It doesn't get picked up by a magnet. Found that out. And the last screw... So you gotta... Then you gotta flip the thing over and blindly put those screws in while it's submerged in water... Find it and you feel like you're in an underwater mission on the Titanic trying to open a safe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to get that screw in and I'm like, oh, it's cross-threaded. Up oh, it's no 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 You back it up. No, nope, it's not cross-threaded. Yeah. Oh no, that's it. As I'm dialing it in, the whole bracket breaks off because the screw is cross-threaded.
0: I-, I broke mine the other day as oh, well. Oh no.
1: So I have three mooring spots and one of them's broken off. And no joke, that whole corner of the thing, I have to like squish it down. It squishes into the water a quarter inch. A squish it goes. Yeah. And that's the corner that's broken off. So I have a, yep. a heavy weight just sitting on the corner of the thing to keep it soaked, you know, stuffed into the water. Mm.
0: Yeah, I broke mine, that same thing a couple days ago. And this block on the that you're talking about, or that Jimmy's talking about, is a, I don't know, three, four-inch block of corrugated plastic. And it's pretty dense by itself, but then it gets filled up with abrasive and water. So you got to lift that thing out of there. Yeah. And it's like lifting three concrete blocks at the same time as one big, <laughs> you know... Soggy yeah. thing. Um, and, and then once you get it out, you have this abrasive that you have to clean out, and you just have to scoop it out. And it's – I don't even understand how it's so heavy, but it, it's a process to get yeah. this thing cleaned out. But like I said, I'm not trying to dog on it. I, it's also pretty amazing what you can do with something of that size, J- you know, using regular 110 power, regu- regular water and drain system.
1: One thing so. to be, be wary of, too, is it's, it's a first-gen machine, first-generation machine. If these guys are going to be able to make it through and keep going, there's all this user feedback that they're going to be able to put into Generation 2. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to bring it up, too. For anybody that's – I don't know how. We, we, we didn't even plan on a, a topic. We just started talking. But the one thing, and you guys could tell me your feeling on this, when they make a, a software or they make a CNC it's so funny that we're talking about this five years ago, I would have been completely in the door. So now I'm a, like a PhD CNC guy because I've had so many problems. <laughs> like like Derek had so many problems getting his CNC machine set up. I said, Derek, you know what? I said, you should be thankful because by the time you're done solving all these problems, you will be so ab- able to troubleshoot stuff. Yeah. Whereas if everything's perfect and then one day you're going to have a problem and then you're going to be panicking and trying to fix something in the middle of like a crazy due date or whatever. Uh, anyway so the point i'm making i wanted to bring up is stuff like the wazer where they have this sort of masked software and software like easel where they have this sort of like oh it's so easy they hide all the mechanics it's like basically getting a car and never opening the hood because the car runs perfect and then one day the car doesn't run and you're like i don't even know how to open the hood wait the hood doesn't even have a latch what do you mean yeah. i don't you know what i mean and that's what some of the software is like. They try and make it so user-friendly that you're missing behind the curtain and you don't know how to fix it because you don't know what to do. And so stuff like the Wazer software and stuff like uh, Easel software where they try and make it super, even like iMovie, which I use all the time. They're trying to make it like so user-friendly. But there's so many other options. They can't get rid of them. They just hide them. And then you got to really yeah. dig into the software to find them. I think so. so well, that... It, I would and use, I was I was use the that apart- compared to. they' saying that compared to like digging into like a Vectric or something where there's yeah. a lot more to do. I, I think it's better to start with the complicated stuff and then no. work your way through
2: it. I don't know about that.
1: I well, think- because what I'm saying is, it, it if you use the the simplest softwares, sometimes there's no choice. Like Wazer doesn't have a choice; you just have to use what they have. But you're using the simplest softwares, and you don't realize you can go to that part of the G-code and start again. You can on their machine, but on other machines you can. Does that make sense? Like I'm saying, it seems easier to just dive in the deep end of the pool and figure it out and you'll be that much smarter wrestling for your way through all that. Whereas people me- use Easel and then they start to come against all these like, as you get better quickly and you start wanting more from the software and it's not available because it's under the hood and you're not supposed to be there. And then you just <laughs> like, you move on to the next, you move on to the next software and then you realize, oh, this is nice. This is where I should have been. I don't
2: think so. Really, the way okay. that my brain works. If, if I started with um, th- like the what's the ventrix ventrix? Is that what they're called? Vectrix yeah, Vectrix. Yeah. Um, it's VCarve, so co- V-carve it, Pro, VCarve, yeah, VCarve or VCarve Pro. If you start with that, it's so complicated <sighs> that it for me it creates a barrier. I'm like, oh, there's way too much to learn. CNC mm-hmm. is is dumb. I don't want to dive into this anymore. But something with easel. I would say 90% of what I do is just cutting out vector shapes and so that is that is perfect and I it increases my success rate and now once I get past that point I'm like oh what if I want to do a 3d type thing oh I have to I can move on to this more complicated software and learn that for me it's 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 like little stepping stones it's like getting getting my feet wet and understanding how it works instead of trying to understand something that's has too many options. Like if you've never opened up Photoshop and you open up
1: Photoshop now you're like where the heck do I begin? There's there's a thousand right. tools. Okay. Well, I'll give you my my personal experience is it's like when I I'd rather be inside like let's say for instance if I'm at the if I'm, if I'm like in an airplane and I don't know any of those controls on the airplane. I'll tell my teacher show me the three things I need to know how to take off and land. I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, but the point I'm (laughs) making is, is like, I don't, I just want to know the basics. And okay. If you use these four parts of the software or the controllers, this will get you a cut. And then I stay in those parameters for a little while till I feel comfortable. And then I go, Oh, you mean I could offset my cut. I could, I could negative offset my cut, make it wider, make it skinnier. Oh wow. Where's that option. Oh, okay. I need to make a dog bone because now this next project needs a dog bone. Oh, that's right there on the software. That's where I had the dog bone. So I slowly start to pick up each little piece, but I get comfortable knowing what I need to do exactly the basics. I just want to make a, I just want to cut out a letter. These are the four things you know. And when my very first entrance into Vectrix, for instance, was I sat down with the people at ShopBot like in 2013 at Maker Faire. And they sat me down with Vectrix and just showed me and I didn't know anything. I thought Vectrix was their own personal software. I didn't realize that it was a license of cross-platforms. And they showed me and right away I said, okay, so this is a little bit like Illustrator. Oh yeah, it's exactly like Illustrator. But then you choose which side of the vector to cut on. Awesome. And I went away and that's how I that's what I did for a year. I mean, maybe, you know, half a year. And then I started to get outside that comfort zone and slowly pick up this other little piece of the software. And then this other option that I could choose. And then this other option I could choose. And I remember going from just a regular straight cut to like a V cut. and like, I'm like this software is named V carve. And I still don't know what that means. Like, and then I started Googling it and then I realized how the beautiful letters you could do with, with what V carve does, you know, using a, like a V V bit. And so the point I'm making is, is like, I basically get into the complicated arena just get that piece of what I know I'm comfortable with and then I just stay with that and then I slowly venture into the rest of the, the process
0: so I have a pretty strong opinion about this as someone who did software for a long time And I actually mentioned this in our Fusion course, which is not a way
1: to plug the course, but I will plug the course. (laughs) That's another example. (laughs) Fusion course about Fusion 360. Um, Uh, Just quickly, with Fusion, I remember John Saunders got me started on Fusion from NYCNC, Saunders Machining. He's like, what do you want to do? He's like, let me show you how to make a box. And And then I just started drawing boxes all the time. And then I saw, I'm like, okay, how do I draw a box in a circle? Anyway, so that was my thing. Go ahead, Dave. Um.
0: So, so the reason I, I bring that up is because when in the course, in the part where I'm talking about um, using Fusion as a 3D slicer for a 3D printer, personally, I think that the interface to do that in Fusion is pretty terrible. But it's brand new. And I reference um, its implementation of that. Functionality versus something like Cura, which is also a 3D slicing software, or Prusa Slicer, which is also a 3D... You know, and Simplify 3D you mentioned earlier. Those are all different pieces of software that do essentially the same thing. They prepare a file for to go to a 3D printer. They slice it into layers. And they all expose the huge number of 3D printing settings in different ways. And what I think is really... can make a piece of software successful is the layering of exposure for deep settings. And so I used to work on these, um, these complex interfaces for IT people. And at one point we made a product that needed to be really useful for somebody who like wasn't an IT person, they just were in charge of IT. You know, they were like the human resources person that also had to make sure that all the printers worked. <laughs> and so we had to make sure that they could use the software But then that same piece of software would be useful for someone who was full-time, IT, ran everything. The way that you do that is that you have this scaled interface of depth so that the person can come to level one and like they get the three things that you're talking about, Jimmy. They get the three things that they need to make sure everything works. Then they go to level two and they get like, oh, well, I can also do these things and I can also do these. And then they go to super advanced mode where they have like everything laid out and they can tick every box and they can make every change and they can whatever, whatever. Successful software exposes those things as you move through them. So both of what you're saying is absolutely true. The best software can do all of that and lead you down the path as you get more useful. The problem with a lot of the current pieces of software, which I think is what Jimmy's talking about, take Easel. I have nothing against Easel. I'm just using it as an example. There's no path of exposure. It exposes certain things and then it stops. And this is this is me not having used easel in five hey, years, so right. I could be wrong. Same with me. But but it, but it goes to a point and then it stops. Now the problem with Mach 4 or with uh, you know Vectrix or any of those things is like they shotgun you with every possible everything at the very beginning and there's no path to it, and so it's completely overwhelming for people who don't have the experience or don't want to you know need to be eased into it. Um, With 3D slicers, Simplify is the shotgun. It's the, like, you open that up and you have every possible, every little, you know, I want the third layer of the fifth time I've printed this thing to have these conditions. And it's just like, ugh. (laughs) Like, I don't, (laughs) who cares? But somebody out there cares, not me. Um, Prusa Slicer has all of that. But you don't have to mess with it unless you want to mess with it. You load a file in, you pick a preset, you're good. And if you want to open up that preset and go deeper into it and change the third layer on the fifth thing, you can. It's a good piece of software, and it's a derivative of another piece of slicing software that was built in the past. And you know, So they've taken existing code, and they've made it more usable, and they've made the interface better. And so I guess I'm agreeing with both of you, but also saying that one of the things that makes a really good piece of control software for any digital tool is its flexibility to be both of those things, to be Mm -hmm. the thing that the two of you both individually need Mm -hmm. and something in the middle as you transition Mm -hmm. from one position to another. So Mm -hmm. that's my spiel.
1: Done. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say my experience has been I've started with simple software because I was a a little hesitant to want to learn it at all. So that's why then I started realizing I'd come across uh, up to against the wall quickly, and now my 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 first impulse is like, show me everything at once. Hmm. Let me see everything. And again, this really uh, for me, works when somebody's there to show me, not when I'm alone at night sitting at the computer, when I could either go quickly on YouTube and find the video that cuts right to what I need to know. Show me how to get started. Show me to do some basics. And then from there, I could ease into the rest of the, the software, get into the deeper end of the pool. But like I said, it helps when someone's there to show me. But when I, for instance, like, I, I, and now I had the opposite experience where Final Cut Pro is everything at once. And for me, that was too much because I didn't need to make, I didn't I need all those decisions. So then now I work in iMovie, which is, you know, 10% of that program where you can have ultimate layers of sound below and, and ultimate layers of, of video above the baseline in Final Cut Pro and iMovie, you don't have that. But that forces me to be creative only because I don't want to deal with all those interfaces. I just want a simple mm. interface. So I, they, there are circumstances where I, I want the simple stuff. I wonder where phones are going to go because Google
2: and Apple have been excellent at simplifying things so much and then when touchscreen phones first came out both apple and, and android it's like you you know you could pinch and zoom you you touch to open an app and now they keep getting more complicated with each new piece yeah. of software and the challenge is to keep it simple so you know your grandma and grandpa could buy that phone and use it too well, but there's so many gestures now
1: like I got you So you're so on point because well, last night I want to talk about last night me and Taylor were having fun we were giving Chippy this little thing to like shake like, like he was being like a ferocious animal and we were we kept doing these slow-mo takes of him like shaking this like rubber thing and then to go in and edit the, the there's like five points on the iPhone movie thing where you touch and like if you touch it here, it gives you the. If you touch it there, it gives you the. Touch... How is like anybody gonna know? You know what I mean? You gotta just like screw up a thousand times to realize. Oh, and you know, my fingers are all like you know the pads on a dog's feet. I can't even touch the screen when I I gotta lick my finger to touch the screen. And there's a great visual. so like to to drag the slow mo line wider or shorter. Also, immediately, like, makes you go to the next image. I don't want to go to... I want to touch that little tiny dot on the screen and slide it over. And I have the iPhone giant, and I still can't get my finger on that right spot. It's not called yeah, or, Like, iPhone iPhone most giant. people don't even know. <laughs> most people don't even know, like, that you're supposed... And I didn't know, and Taylor's like, oh, you slide the slider by touching it. And she's got dainty little fingers. She, she just touches it, and I touch it, and, and go to the next image. So, I was thinking last night, like, how many touch points are going to be in one little interface... And like how many people just don't know it's available because they touch the screen and it swipes to the next picture. They don't touch the screen and it adjusts the slow-mo or.
0: I I think that's in a specific piece of software for video editing, which honestly a phone is not really the greatest place for that. It works. But uh, to your question, David, I think a lot of the the added gesture stuff is what I'm talking about though, because you can get around a phone and you can use the Mm -hmm. major functions of it with, Tapping with pinching, and that's it. You know, if you want to get to the deeper functionality, the quicker functionality of a phone, you can, like on, on an Apple you, uh, phone, you can press and hold and push down deeper, and then you get, like, a different menu that pops up. It's not necessary, but it's an extra way to get to something. If you now hold it really hard, you, the
1: menu pops up. It says, what are you doing here? <laughs>
0: "If you Now they have a thing where you can, like, <laughs> tap on the back of the phone. It's not really a button, but it will recognize that as a gesture now that's not going to be a i have to do that to use my phone but it's an added way to do that so i think they're adding those gestures and combinations of things as a way to get more out of the physical interface without complicating it so much to where like you have to know every single one of those to be able to text and make phone calls and you know the the on screen
1: get deeper they should be more ominous like okay you really want to know what this does? You sure? Are you ready for this? You know, like, <laughs> like that. okay, now you've done it. I can't, you can't go back from here. You understand, right? Stuff like that. <laughs>
0: anyway, I don't know how we got to that, okay. but we're like 55 minutes in. So, you know, there, there goes that yeah, software. Um, you guys got anything else on this random collection of
1: the software things? conversation? This was good. Yeah. So we, so
0: got to talking about, um, well, let me thank our Patreon supporters, and then you guys can tell us what you've been watching. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out on Patreon. We were talking before we started recording. Jimmy said that his agent keeps trying to offer us these um, <laughs> these advertising deals for the podcast, which are not worthwhile. For a podcast, they never are, because we don't get billions of listens, and we're no serial, and we're no, you know, it's just not worthwhile. It makes it this possible and makes it super easy for us to just completely ignore all that advertising opportunity because of the people that help us out on Patreon. So thank you, sincerely, thank you. to yes. all of them. Um, the top supporters over there are Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad for Mancrafting Maker and Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, You Can Make This Too, Odin Leather Goods, Albers Woodworks, and Rich Lowen. But there's a whole list of other people over there as well that help. Um, and we are grateful for every single one of them. Everybody gets the after show, everybody over there. And in case you're still not clear, when you sign up for Patreon, you will have the URL for the after show is like, it shows up in the top right corner of Patreon, I believe. And you put that in your podcast player. That's your feed for the after show, which is a separate little show. It's more of us talking and stuff. And sometimes Jimmy has pants. Sometimes he, you know, rants about stuff. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> just Sometimes.
1: <laughs> you so I'm going know. to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to get myself in trouble.
0: Anyway, so uh, big thanks <laughs> to everybody over there. And if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. We would appreciate it. But you can also just listen. And, you know, you don't have to do that. Either way. Cool. You guys got mm-hmm. anything to recommend? Anything new?
1: Anything interesting? Uh, I'm going to push Weaver leather. I might have... A lot of people know that I'm working with them, but go check out Weaver Leather's channel. We've been going back and forth whether my videos should be on their channel or my channel. They're not sure where they get the most bang for the buck, but lately what I've been doing is I've been posting a video on my channel for them, and then I give them like a edited version with voiceover for their channel. So go check that out. And also Chuck Dorset is over there. Chuck is an amazing leather crafter with years and years and years of experience. And Chuck is like the featured act over at the Weaver Leather channel. So go over there and tell him I sent you. <laughs> So they know that I'm looking out for them. Cool too.
2: So mine is a video that's a couple years old. I just randomly came across it and I think it's excellent. It's called, why do stupid people think they're smart? And it goes <laughs> kind of into like a, a, a scientific theory. And the theory is called the Dunning Kruger effect. And it's basically, um, people who dive into a new thing, they don't know what they don't know. So, and it's just an excellent animated video on why stupid people think they're smart which is a the title is a little
0: exaggerated but it's a fun video Hmm. interesting i was trying to find mine because i had uh something to recommend and now i can't find what it was i actually had something this week this is disappointing dang it i don't know what it was um I'm just gonna go with whatever's in front of me, which is Alex Steele making a mountain bike. Have you guys been watching Alex make a mountain? Yeah, bike? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Let's go cool. crazy, crazy, crazy. The I haven't watched all of the parts. There's like, he just put out a part 78, which is a joke. It's not actually. It's like part <laughs> six, but he um, he calls it part 78. It's crazy how he um, he started this path of making a mountain bike frame. And and somewhere along the thing realized he needed this jig to get the geometry right and then I skipped a couple episodes or whatever and then all of a sudden there's this crazy jig that he's putting together which is like a huge ordeal and it, it's like it uses lasers to get it all aligned and stuff just to be able to get the geometry right he's going all in on getting this thing right and I mean that's his typical fashion is just to do something and keep doing it and keep redoing it and redoing it and fixing it and stuff until it's right, which is really cool to see. So uh, I am definitely enjoying watching him figure out how to make a mountain bike frame out of, I guess it's stainless. He's doing it out of stainless? I think he is. Anyway, it's sure. pretty awesome. Hmm. So go check that out. I had, yep. had something else to look he at. He won't be able, able to pick that otherwise. up with a magnet, though. Oh no.
1: When it falls inside it the Wazer, in it's gonna fall underneath the <laughs> the bed and he won't be able to get it back.
0: That'll be a bummer.
1: So. Cool. Well,
0: um yeah, I guess that's it. Unless you guys got anything else for this week.
1: Oh well why do you well, have so. a lighter?
0: He's Jimmy's like lighting a lighter.
1: I was sitting on a bump on my butt and I thought what is that? It's my lighter. Oh. Cool.
0: Alright. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. We'll- okay. Love you. see you next time see bye. you in the after
1: show <laughs> love you bye Goodbye. I'll love see, software I'll see you guys in the love, after show love complicated <laughs> software <laughs> hope you do too. <laughs>